What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray, and we're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about finance, and of course, we're talking about business. It's a Black Man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. And before we introduce today's guest, my man Eric from Huntsville, Alabama. Who do you have for our Black Men Sunday spotlight, my brother? Hey, Corey, thanks for the uh, intro. Uh, today's spotlight, we're going to look at a guy by the name of Eli, I'm sorry, Dr. Eli Joseph. Now, what's, made, what's special about this brother, early this year, Dr. Eli Joseph, or Dr. Joseph, I should say, made history as the youngest Black instructor to teach simultaneously at three prestigious universities, uh, Columbia, New York University, and UCLA. Now, as of August 2023, Dr. Joseph has accepted an offer to teach at Dartmouth College, uh, making him the youngest instructor to simultaneously teach at four prestigious universities. Now, a selected number of students are lucky enough to graduate from either of these institutions. A few educators are even lucky to teach them, teach these students at either at either of these instructions. So, however, Dr. Eli, or Dr. Joseph Master say, is one of the very few instructors to teach at both institutions at the same time. In addition to teaching at Columbia, UCLA, and NYU, he will be teaching at the OSHA Lifelong Learning Institute at Dartmouth College. Now, despite his distinguished accomplishments, Dr. Joseph is no stranger to failure and rejection. Now, in his lifetime, he has been turned down by more than 1,500 employees, employers, maybe I should say, 30 colleges, and 75 scholarship foundations. He was denied admission to other elite instructions like Princeton, UPenn, I mean, University of Penn, Cornell, Dartmouth, and also Brown University. Now, back in 2012, Joseph received a letter of rejection from Columbia University. Now, today he serves as an associate faculty at the Applied Analytics Program at Columbia University uh, School of Professional Studies. That's on Spotlight Today, Corey. Dr. Joseph Lee, now back to you. Okay, Dr. Joseph Lee, that's what I'm talking about, man. We definitely gonna have to come out to Huntsville and do a show out there. How's the weather today, brother? Oh, it's sunny and beautiful. Nice, nice. Well, hey, man, y'all keep doing y'all thing at Huntsville. And but this is Huntsville. This is what I mean. We all do well in Huntsville. Huntsville is where it's at, man. But yeah, I know, man. You tell me every show. You make it do what it do. Definitely, and I love it, man. That's what I'm saying. I want to come to Huntsville, hang out. We've had guests from Huntsville on the show. Come on now. Come on. Hey, we got homecoming coming up in a couple of in, was next week. So come up and check us out. Mm, yeah. I, I might have to do that, but I don't know. This is a little last minute. You know, I might have to have some accommodations. I can't just come out a week before. You know, I, I got to make sure my bag's packed, make sure my hair's did. I got to make sure I'm on point. I can't just pull up tomorrow and come out there. Nah, man. But I, I'll catch you next time, brother. Okay. Thank you. Definitely. All right, fellas, women, black sisters, black men. You know, Black Men Sundays, one thing about this show that I'm learning is we have so many different flavors that listen to our show we have brothers that are entrepreneurs just starting out with their business we have brothers that are scared to start their business we have brothers that that dream but they don't put any movement into starting their business so what is that that just stays a dream 
How many times you gonna have this dream? Let's wake up. So today's show, we have Kelly Thorpe on this show. This sister has a bachelor's of business administration and accounting. This sister is a founder and CFO of Commas with Kelly. Yeah, you heard the intro. We about to have that talk today. This sister has two decades of accounting administration roles at the top American law firms. C-suite executive kind of sister. This sister deals with senior level corporate executives. You know, we've had CEOs, we've had CFOs on the show. This sister basically says, you know what? If you're a business, I can put the CFO in your back pocket. So without further ado, Kelly Thorpe, welcome to Black Man Sunday, sister. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Court. Can I hire you to walk around in my back pocket and introduce me? Hey, yeah, I definitely. I mean, I could just record that and you could do it like an old school ring turn, ringtone. I only, I only charge like $100 a ring. So we're going to have to go and take care of that. All right. <laughs> definitely. But how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about today's show. Definitely. And I'm excited to talk to you. You know, I want to talk about commas with Kelly. But before we get to that, I mean, as I said in the intro, you know, you have over two decades of accounting and administration roles. I mean, you've been in the C-suite. How did you give that up? to start your own business. Cause you know, I see sisters, like it was a sister I used to work and I'm, I'm not going to say her name, but she was a producer in Tampa. She went to LA, did it big and she started her own business and left. I'm like, wow, you know, y'all aren't afraid to do that, but let's, let's get the steps on how you were able to achieve that. Yeah. You know, I wish I had like a well-written plan to give everybody, but I say all the time, it was nothing but God that threw me into entrepreneurship. If I'm honest, I did not, I was never one of those people that's like, one day I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It literally fell in my lap. Um, March 16th of 2020, when the world shut down, I was walking into a top 10 lobbying firm on Capitol Hill in their C-suite as their CFO and chief administrative officer. I was the only Black woman in the firm not in the C-suite, in the firm. And I was only the, uh, the second Black person that worked in the firm. So there was two of us and I was the only Black woman. So as you can imagine, in a time where we were already dealing with the beginning of COVID and then Black Lives Matter movement happens and a whole lot happened in 2020, during that time, I had a couple of old employers reach out to me because they were pivoting in their law firm um, skills and opening up solo practices. And they wanted me to help them because because they know how passionate I am about businesses starting with a great foundation of accounting. So I told them, look, I'm in this intense role right now. It's a lot, it's a lot happening, but I'll help you guys on the weekend when I can. Fast forward to December of that same year, I was like, you know what? There has to be something else. I'm burning myself out in someone else's company. And I literally sat down over that holiday break. We take two, took two weeks off from the holidays at that time. And I realized that on the side, I was literally making my six-figure salary at that time, helping these other companies out. And so... I was like, why, why am I even doing this? It wasn't, clearly it wasn't for money because I didn't, it was just kind of going into the separate account and sitting there. So in January, when we went back, I gave them my notice and I told them, I hear you two options. You can become a client. And this is what I propose for you if you become a client. And if you guys want to keep it all in-house, I understand and I can help you source for a new CFO slash CAO role. And they accepted to become a client in February 1st of 2021. 
Thomas with Kelly was birthed. That's how it works. Definitely. And let's just jump right into that. I mean, you're making a segue so easy. Commas with Kelly. You're the founder and CFO. What is Commas with Kelly? So we are a full source accounting solution for business owners, for small business owners particularly. So my role is basically, like you said in your intro, I like to tell people I'm your CFO in your back pocket. So I provide financial strategy to small business owners so they can know what the story is behind their numbers. Um, our firm also does the bookkeeping. So many business owners here, the first person you should get when you start out your business is a good bookkeeper. And while that's very true, the second person you should get in that financial realm, once you realize you want to be in that thing full time is a CFO. So my company, Commas with Kelly, we have a team of people that do both the bookkeeping side and the financial strategy side, which is the CFO side. And that's what sets us apart from being your normal bookkeeping um, firm. And we help people and primarily CEOs in that area. But we also have colleagues that are CPAs on our team, that are tax professionals. Um, there's just a whole gamut um, of experts on our staff that can be a one-stop solution for them financially if they want a space for collaboration and to just bring it in one whole suite. Oh, definitely. Great information. And let's talk about the small businesses for a second. Like when we say small, what type of uh, income or profits are we talking when we can say small business? Yeah, yeah. So our firm, when we say small, the definition is not your income or your profitability level. The definition is literally the size and numbers of staff you have. So usually when people come to us, they're either a solopreneur that's burning themselves out and not sure how to transition and scale for longevity. They know they don't want to go back to a nine to five, but they're like, I don't know what to do. Or sometimes it's a company that already may have a small team of five to 10 and they too are in that burnout state, um, but they may not have a CFO on staff or have the resources to put one on payroll. So they come to us for the financially, financial strategy and the scaling space. Um, but our clients, like I said, the, the lobbying firm that I transitioned to a client was a $27 million firm. Um, and in my corporate days, I worked and oversaw up to $2 billion in revenue. So it really doesn't matter for our expertise, how much profit or how much money you're making. I am passionate about working with small business owners and the number of staff, because I know they are invested in the space of actually caring and still needing that financial coaching. Whereas a company that is, for example, the $2 billion firm they don't really, I mean, they need strategy, but you know, they kind of, they kind of got it already operating essentially. So that's what I mean by small business. It's the number of people on your staff. Great information. Then I see you work with uh, therapists, lawyers, business coaches. We've had all of the above on this show. Matter of fact, we have one of my brothers, he owns his own law firm in Tampa Bay. So when I saw you were coming, I said, you know, I think you should come on the show check us out. So that leads to my next question. What stage of my business should I need your services? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question that I actually get often in this space because fractional is a buzzword that's happening a lot. If you're a business owner, you'll hear fractional CMM or fractional COO. And what does that mean? So I spend a lot of time educating people on what a fractional CFO is. And so their first question is usually just that, like, how do I know when I need one? And my answer is, at the beginning of you knowing your business is going to be your full-time space for revenue and your long-term employer, at least schedule a strategy session with a fractional CFO. Um, a strategy session, you typically would only pay whatever their hourly rate is, and you can sit down and do a discovery on what are your thoughts in your business? Where are you so far in your business? And then we can decide are you ready to jump straight into getting a fractional CFO now? Or do you stay in the bookkeeping space for a little while longer and kind of migrate or merge into the CFO, um, fractional CFO need? I, when people come to me in discovery, they're usually surprised that one of the first questions I ask is about their visions and their personal goals and why they started their business. And the reason I do that is because, A, I want to see how passionate they are about the business that they still have. And B, it's because I want to know what those things are because it matters to me on how we strategize, right? Then we move to profitability. So at the beginning of your business, when you know this is going to be my full time, I'm not turning back, I'm not going to ever burn this place down, this is my retirement plan, at least schedule a strategy session. And a good fractional CFO will never price you into full services if you're not ready or you can't afford it. Um, because I, I'm not going to benefit from that. If I know my strategies and my methodology, you aren't going to be able to immediately implement it and three extra revenue within the first year, I'm not gonna price you in my program because it just doesn't make sense. I'm gonna price you in a space that I know you're ready for and we can do guidance to get you to the fractional CFO space. So that would be my answer. At the beginning, at least schedule a strategy session when you know your business is gonna be a full-time place where you're gonna live. Definitely, and you know, I've gotten some emails um, when I told them you were coming on the show. A lot of business owner said, listen, you know, I'm running, I'm taking care of my bookkeeping. My wife does the accounting. We have three, four employees. Our business is booming. I don't see a need to go that route. But then when I spoke to that same guy, like two months later, he came out with this t-shirt that was just like, every time he released one, it just blew up and he never put a limit. So it got to a point where he couldn't even fulfill the obligation. So we started getting a lot of, uh, you know, emails and a lot of comments on Twitter saying, don't buy from him. He doesn't ship on time. So, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So see, that's a key example of you needing a CFO to help you because we think beyond, okay, we put this in place and then what? And then what if this happens? So we often think ahead of whatever it is you think on the surface, your goal is the and then what? Um, and I actually learned that the hard way in my own firm, because like I said, I migrated from a C-suite role overseeing multi-millions up $2 billion in revenue. So it was easy for me to sit in my position in my firm and duplicate 
a multiple six figure firm rather quickly. It wasn't until I sat down and I got a couple of entrepreneurs and I started guiding them that I realized that they weren't as forward thinking as I thought they were at first. And that's when I actually did a complete rebrand into advertising our business more as a fractional CFO firm than a bookkeeping firm. I started out just that space because I knew on the surface, entrepreneurs would be like, oh, I don't need a CFO. Those are for Fortune 500 companies. What do I need that for? I just need a bookkeeper. And I knew educating them to understand that CFOs think beyond this. This is my dream. Entrepreneurs are great at execution and great at understanding what their goals and their vision is and what they want to do. But it's the what and what after that and what after that, that I ask those probing questions and then our team can go into strategy immediately and think, all right, so what if you blow up in this t-shirt line? How are we going to accommodate that next level? And what are we going to do? So we can begin to spin our wheels to put places and systems in place that we can just put the but push the button of execution when that time comes. Hey, this is this is Kalali. I'll go ahead and jump in. You know, I'm Kalali from um, I'm out of Maryland. We talked about Calvin County. That's where I'm currently based. Um native of uh, uh, Virginia, Southern, Southern Virginia and Hampton, Virginia. So um, that's what I'm representing. I definitely want to, uh, uh, you know, extend my appreciation for you coming on the show and spending some time with us this Sunday. I know all businesses are different, uh, but what what is one piece of uh, information you can give us uh, for financial uh, strategy for a small business? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question, Kalali. Thanks for asking us. Oh my God. It's so many, of course, you can't ask the financial strategist what's one piece. Yeah, um, I know it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me think. Uh, one piece, I would say the easiest probably, but the hardest for people to execute is to stay in your zone. Stay in your lane. Um, entrepreneurs be doing the most, y'all. Y'all out here trying to be the social media strategist. You out here uh, doing your own admin work. Y'all out here selling T-shirts when you you got a CFO business. Why? Why y'all doing all of that? Stay in your lane. Um, that's where the revenue is. That's where the money is. You started this business because you had a vision and your zone of genius, right? So stay in your zone of genius. Stop trying to be cheap. I don't want to pay X dollars for a, CF for a CFO or for a social media person because I need all the money. Well, you spending three hours creating content because you don't know what you're doing and it's not converting, right? Stay in your lane. That's my that's my number one thing. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's an awesome piece of information. I think to go along with that at one point, I was working with a with a CEO. And one of the first things, one of the I think most important uh, things I learned from him as a CEO was knowing how to say no to different offers because different things would come by and they'd be like, "This is a great business opportunity." And he would he would often be like, "Yeah, for somebody else, not for me. I'm not an expert in that area." So I, you know, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Stay in your lane is important. Uh, to follow on with that, we know that many uh, we know that many uh, smaller new businesses fail, and many times that's because they you know they run out of money. Um, what is one thing you think that a new small business can do to ensure like a sustainable financial profile? Okay, you try and get everything in one session. Um, <laughs> um, 
I'm just trying to ask questions. That's oh, all. One session. Okay. Um, create a cash flow statement, which sounds harder than it really is, right? It's something that your CFO or even your bookkeeper could do for you. But monitor your cash flow. It is the sustainability part of the, the business, right? So it could be as simple as how many contracts do you have out there? If they are retainers, what's the estimate of the gross amount of income you'll bring in? And then look at your overhead of your expenses and your net profit. But monitor that to make sure that you are at least staying in the in the green. And the thing that I, I tell all my clients, if they don't come to me with at least a 30% profit margin, that should be the goal. So as you're monitoring that cash flow, keep that in mind that your goal is at least the 30% profit margin. Wow, that's yeah, that's really really important. I, I I definitely appreciate you dropping that gem on us. I hope a lot of people caught that because uh, that could be really integral to running a business. Um, you talked about uh, forward thinking in your strategies. How far ahead do you recommend thinking in terms of long term strategies for business? How far ahead should we be thinking? Um, that's a great question. I would say if you're trying to do this on your own, because entrepreneurs are typically so creative and so just ambitious in what they do, I would say stick to three to five. Um, but that could be also depending on your age, right? Because if you de decided to jump out there in entrepreneurship in your 50s, then you may want to accelerate and look further out into 10 so you know where exactly you are because your plan, depending on what your business is, may not be working until, you know, you're 65 or 70 years old. So, but as a rule of thumb, I would say, and what I currently do with my clients actually this time of year is we start reassessing what last year's were and those three to five year goals that we had from the prior year and doing more forward thinking in that area. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely appreciate that. That's all the questions I got. I'm not going to tax you too much without, you know, paying a fee. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll send you the bill. Hello, my name is Edwin Randolph, and I'm an attorney out of Tampa, Florida. I do primarily personal injury, criminal defense, traffic, family law, and I'm starting to get into the probate area. And I was wondering, um, I read an article a couple days ago in regards to AI and the industries that's going to be affected by AI. And legal was number two behind office management and so it's almost like i'm going in the way of the dinosaur almost and so my question to you is um you know going forward how would um a cfo help you know create a path for law firms um in light of what's going on with ai yeah, that's, that's a great question, Edwin. And I spent 15 years in law firms in the accounting space, so I'm very familiar with the law firm area and the billing process. I have two pieces of advice for lawyers. The first one is do your best to get away from billable hour work. Um, that is, in my opinion, going to be the fastest way to eliminate the need with AI coming out there because people can literally... One of my colleagues, um, she's a business lawyer, and we literally did a live last week, and she was talking about how when someone came to her because they were now in hot water about their operating agreement because AI wrote their hot operating agreement. And she was like, you really want to chat GPT to create an entire operating agreement for your firm? And people are doing that. 
So I think it's important. And while people we know and you know it, when that's not what they should be doing, people don't realize that they're just trying entrepreneurs, especially and are just trying to save money. So I think the important space is to try to create a space for profitability that leads you to not have to worry about the billable hour. I could go in a long haul conversation about problems with the billable hour too, as i.e. burning yourself out because you are tied to an hourly rate. Um, but that piece of it. And then my second thing would be education to, I don't know what type of marketing platforms you're using now, but I would say educate people on Start now educating them on why AI is great. I wouldn't talk bad about it because it is, it's so many good things about AI, but why it's also still important that you actually have an attorney in the space and what the benefits would be well over AI. Um, and think of those pain points. You know, you hear all the time, you speak to the client's emotion and not necessarily what they need because oftentimes what they need may not be what they want. So speak to what you think they want and their pain points and why over a human attorney over an AI would better benefit them. Thank you. I appreciate that. In fact, you're the second person who's told me, hey, billable hours are going away. It's all about that flat rate now. And so you know, that's good to hear, but thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Dr. Thorpe, uh, my name is Eric. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm a former business owner but uh, I've owned a video store back about 15 years ago. Um, so I understand a lot of the concepts you um, have, have been uh, implicating about having a CFO uh, running certain things. What is your concept of venture capitalists? If you have a specific business, what would be your perception of a venture capitalist wanting to come in and taking over a business and making it more um of their own are you do you think that's a great thing to to um for a business owner to look into uh to help uh promote their profit margin or do you think it's just good just to stay as a sole proprietor that's not an area that i'm completely an expertise in but what i can say about that is i wouldn't eliminate it um, I can see the need in certain areas and depending on where you are in your business, the advantage of having a venture capitalist come in your business. So if you decide to explore that area, the first thing I would say do is make sure that you have the right person and the right attorney to read over those documents and make sure that everything is in place when they invest and what those investments or whatever it is looks like, but also to get a CPA that's well-versed in that area that could advise you and make sure that what whatever the areas are in the investment realm that they're coming in and whatever the margins and all those things are, are in a safe space for what you're okay as the business owner and sustaining. Okay, thank you very much. If I have a business or, you know, I'm a CEO of a business and I want to get connected with Kelly, how can we get connected with commas with Kelly? So as you probably noticed, Corey, I, I kill the K's. The, um, I change everything I can with the K. So commas with Kelly is with the K. So you can find me on all platforms at K-O-M-M-A-S with K-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. 
um, on all social media platforms, or you can go to the website, commaswithkelly.com. Definitely, because I was on that website and I was just, you know, I always scroll to the bottom of websites and, you know, I saw he had some great reviews. Someone said their revenue grew five times in five months. I'm like, wow. And also I noticed um, you also have a master class. You have templates as well. So just explain the reason behind on your website that you actually have templates as well as the complete service. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And thanks for bringing that up because that's something that I've actually recently launched um, in the brand is giving people resources that they can buy. And it's part of the mentorship space of what I was saying earlier. If people come to me for CFO services and they're not quite ready, I literally have different steps to get you there in the process where I can hold your hand and get you there because I'm confident you'll get there, especially if I take you on in that space. So that was birth out of mentoring people and where they are in their businesses when they first come in or, hey, they have some debt that they need to address personally in their business and well, in personally and in their business. So with that came the debt tracker that you saw on the website. Um, and then there's uh, an expense tracker that helps them to keep track of their expenses and their income that's coming in or out, in and out. So there are different DIY resources while you can have me in your back pocket that I can have you get those to guide you along the way. And I do do at least one masterclass a month that's usually centered around business financial insights of sorts. Um, and I, they're at max usually about 97 bucks. So if you can't invest $97 a month in your business, you don't have a business. Um, so yeah, there's so many different resources. What else is on there? The debt trackers, the masterclasses. Oh, there's um, also bookkeeping services that start at a lower rate than fractional CFO as well. If you are at the beginning stages of your business and you want a bookkeeper just to start out, then this is the best space for you because there's room for growth as well. You don't have to find a new space when you are ready for fractional CFO services. Definitely. And speaking of those fractional CFO services, um, I see you have a signature premiere a membership. So let's talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, that was also birthed out of the mentor space. So crushing it collectively, again, killing it with the case. So that's with case two. Uh, crushing it collectively is our our membership offer that has a signature and premiere level. So and crushing it collectively, you do get me as your CFO in your back pocket. And it's for the solopreneur that's still in the DIY space that Maybe they think they're ready for fractional CFO, but coming to a CFO sounds a little intimidating and they're not quite sure if they're ready to take on that lane of investment. Then you can kind of just put your toes in the water um, and join a, a group of other like-minded entrepreneurs that are in that same space and still trying to DIY it and see if they need a fractional CFO. Um, and while you're DIYing your finances, you have me as oversight to log into your QuickBooks real quick and see, are you on the right track or are things off and redirecting you along the way? Um, those master classes that I mentioned come free for Crushing It Collectively membership members. So they get free access to all the master classes and the replays. 
Um, those templates that I mentioned are all free to Crushing It Collectively members. Um, they also get a live Q&A every month where we hop on Zoom and they can ask any type of financial questions they need support with during that time on either Zoom or in the Facebook group. There is a private Facebook group of all the members where there's a space for collaboration. You can jump in, advertise your business, whatever you have going on that month, you can advertise it to other members or you can seek guidance in there to say, hey guys, I got this retreat coming up, but my photographer just dropped out. Do y'all have a photographer that you can recommend to me? So there's a space for collaboration in there. You could meet your potential new client, referral resources, someone that will refer you. So yeah, it really is a community of people that can help one another out while I oversee and be their CFO in their back pocket. It was also birthed from me being so deep in the clients that needed CFO services, um, their visions, that I would hear their stories. For example, I had two therapists and one wanted to move more into a retreat space and build out and not be behind the desk anymore and seeing clients as often. And then I had another one who was already in the retreat space and doing speaking engagements and writing her book and only seeing two, cl two day clients two days a week now. And I'm like, they need to marry and, and pick each other's brain because one's in the space the other one wants to be in. But oftentimes in most accounting firms, you really can't do that because of confident confidentiality agreements. But crushing it collectively, you can. So I can say, hey, I got this client over here who's already done this. And they offer a space to be mentors to one another. So it really is a beautiful community I call it the collective of people that can really help each other out. Yeah, definitely. And I'm saying that's a trend, you know, I would, I would say like our last few guests that we've had on um, basically have a program similar to yours, but in a different, in their own realm. But I mean, the basis is similar. So I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm just kind of see the trends and the flavors out there. But before I let you go, I have like two more questions for you. Um, well, first off, are you enjoying yourself on Black Men Sundays? I am. This has been awesome. I'm really excited you had me because when the title, I was like, I don't know. I, I'm far from a man. So hopefully I can join in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been great. Okay, good. No, because the thing about it is um, we've had a lot of sisters on our show. Matter of fact, I took the whole month of August, had sisters on. Because a lot of sisters will come on and say, I didn't think you'd have me on. But hey, you see, you hopped in my DMs on Instagram and what happened? You on Black Men Sundays. Yeah, no sisters before me set the way. So I appreciate them. Because I, I was just kind of lurking in the background. Yeah, now you Black Men Sunday family now. So before I let you go, because, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to get my um, Black Men Sunday money worth like my man Kalali. So let's talk about this five-step profit accelerate acceleration methodology because listen we trying to get it so help a brother help a sister out let's go yeah no so thanks for asking that I, that's a beautiful way for us to wrap too i this year one of the things that i did that was the it was actually the first real investment i made in my firm was i hired a business coach that helped me with messaging um and with that she would sit down with me a couple hours a week and, and just kind of pick my brain, do what I've been doing for my clients over the last three years. Um, she would just ask me just random questions. Why'd you start? How'd you start? What's your vision? 
and out and what do you do with your clients and when I started telling her what I did she was like you do all that and I'm like yeah she's like no wonder your clients are at on average three xing but at the top tier six xing their business in less than a year this is the whole methodology you have I'm like no it's not it's kind of I mean it's what I've done at corporate She's like, yeah, but they don't know these things. So with that came the, the five-step profitability acceleration methodology. And it just basically talks about how we go behind the scenes in your numbers. It's like I mentioned from the beginning, the first questions are about your visions, your goals, just overarching, why'd you start your business? And then when we take that information, we do take your data and excavate your data. What does your current data look like? Is it just your bank accounts and your bank statements that we're looking at? Or have you opened up a QuickBooks account and we're going to start taking the data and kind of extracting that? Then we start implementing strategy, which a lot of people don't realize we can't jump right in and implement strategy because what are we strategizing on if I don't know why you started your business I don't know what your data looks like. So strategy usually comes around step three or four. And then that's when it's time to the fun part for me is innovation and scaling to get you to a place where people often are shocked at how much less they can work in their business and actually make more money than where they are. It goes back to the original gentleman's question of what's the, the number one thing I would tell people to stay in your lane. Because if you stay in your lane, you can make more money in your lane. Um, so that is the space. And then the last step is holding the vision. And that's when we build the and tailor the roadmap for long-term sustainability and holding on to the vision that you had in step one. So for brothers and sisters out here that have businesses that are looking for uh, a CFO or fractional CFO, what tips or what should trigger in their mind to say, you know what, I really should go this route? when it pertains to their business. Are we talking as it pertains to them hiring one or which ones they should hire? Either way, you can you can take them both. Let's go. Okay, so I would say first, if you are out in the market searching for a fractional CFO, I would drive energy first. See how you feel around this person. How did your discovery conversation go? How do you feel talking to them? Because we all know how hard it is talking about money to people. And especially when people are in that space of your business, you're completely naked and vulnerable because we can see everything in your business. So you have to make sure you're comfortable, not just talking to them, but that you're comfortable receiving the feedback from them, right? So I would say the first thing is you're discovering and trying to figure out which one you want to hire. Energy and the vibes you get from them would be my number one thing that you should look at. Aside from assuming you're interviewing people that you actually looked at their qualifications and background, of course. Um, and then the number, the other, the flip side of that, I would say, if you're trying to figure out if you should even start looking for a fractional CFO, the answer is, yeah, there's no harm in, again, booking a strategy session. Um, I actually saw a clip yesterday from uh, Puffy. I'm not sure if you've seen this. I don't know if his name's still Puffy. I probably just told my age, but whatever his name, P. Diddy, I don't know what his name is now, but he was at InvestFest this year and he said he recently hired his, fired his business manager and hired a CFO in his business. 
And the reason he did that is because he needed someone to be constantly looking at his numbers and realize that he needed the financial strategy for sustainability. So I say all the time, Fortune 500 companies did not get to Fortune 500 without CFO strategy. And they didn't wait until they got to Fortune 500 to hire a CFO. So start now with the strategy session, at least. Well, definitely, Cudley Thorpe. Thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. I'm glad you had a great time and enjoy the rest of your work week. Thank you. It was awesome. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. It's a Black Man Sunday.